0: I get a little emotional uh, because the trajectory of my life was such that I would have ended up either in jail or dead. What has happened to you? And I had never realized that spending time alone with Jesus each day was changing my life. He literally took away my desire to drink. I couldn't quit. So the only way that you'll ever do this is if I do it for you and amidst the odds, Jesus saved my life literally. How are you doing today? I am well happy to be here with you Ricardo.
1: Yes it's it's, it's it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to to talk with me. My pleasure. Yeah how have you been? Um, I know you know you've taken on a new role and stuff like that. Are we going to get into that a little bit but how have you been past the parts been?
0: So I'll tell you the, the new role has been uh, it's been a little tiring yeah and uh so i the first month was the most difficult Mm -hmm. i tease a little bit i say i nearly died the first month but (laughs) but, uh you know since then i've been kind of uh bit by bit god has been helping me to figure some things out yes and uh there are all you know there are ebbs and flows as you go through there's really crazy busy weeks and then there's Mm -hmm. weeks where you can catch your breath and but, but I'm doing all right. Yeah. I,
1: I'm happy to hear. For, the, for, for those of us who don't know, can, can you tell us what you do?
0: Well, right now I am the president of the Alberta Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.
1: Nice. And I know before that you were the a senior pastor. Uh, you know, you probably don't like the word senior.
0: <laughs> I, I prefer the term lead pastor. Lead pastor, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. I remember when I said that one time with you when we were leading out. But um, you were the um, lead pastor for College Assembly Adventist Church yes. here in um, um, Lacombe,
0: right, on the campus of Berman University. And you've right. done that for how long? Six years. Honestly. Six years.
1: Yeah. Wow. And so now you've taken on the role of president for the Alberta Conference, and that's been
0: about three months, I think. No, it's actually six months. Whoa. Yeah. Time T- flies. Tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, will be yeah a day less than six months. Yeah, that was that's really that's really whoa. Well, time really flies. And the transition was very quick. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I was elected on Sunday, and I asked the union president, "When do you need me in the office?" He says, "Tomorrow." <laughs> and that wow. was it. The, the next day, I started. So. Wow.
1: So you were just like thrown into the water, kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Well, well, um, it's good to have you as our leader. I've had the opportunity to spend some time with you when I was doing my practicum and. I've learned a lot under your Twitter so... It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background.
0: Well, I, I was grown. I grew up in Ontario. I was raised in a, a Christian church, not a Seventh-day Adventist church. I was mm. raised in the United Church of Canada. Mm-hmm. And when I was 18, I met an Adventist girl. Actually, I was 17 I met an Adventist girl in high school yeah. uh, who was a very positive influence on my life. We had a good friendship for a few years, and during that time... I became a Seventh-day Adventist, was baptized at age 18, and yeah. um, within a year felt a call to be a pastor and yeah. came out here uh, a year after my baptism. I was here in Berman University studying to be a pastor.
1: Wow. I remember one time you are preaching and you, you mentioned that um, you wanted to be an accountant.
0: Well, that, that was <laughs> my goal. I was heading uh, that direction. I was actually at University of Waterloo, my first year of university. I mm-hmm. was uh, in a math program with a chartered accounting option. Mm-hmm. and uh, so. But that was my goal, to be a chartered accountant. Yeah. And so and so,
1: was there a supernatural experience that um, made you, made the shift? Because it well, seemed like you wanted to be a pastor, but then you were on the path to be an accountant. Mm-hmm. And then...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, when I was in high school, I, I was just headed towards accounting the whole time. Yeah. And it was my final year of high school that I was baptized uh, my my life when I uh came to know Jesus personally, my life totally changed and mm. I uh, I thought, well, let me let me continue down the road I was going. Mm -hmm. But it was during that first year of university at Waterloo Mm -hmm. that uh, I felt the call to to be a pastor. And uh, that training in accountancy has been helpful in in my role.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. What aspect of your faith and personal values have influenced your leadership style?
0: Well, I'm I'm a pretty collaborative leader. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that my personal style is is that everybody needs to be seen, be heard, and, and that uh, we're a team, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think that certainly has influenced it. I, I don't uh, personally resonate with a, with a leader who is kind of large and in charge. That's not me. Right. Um, and, and I think that really the collaborative approach works best today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you're very inclusive in the leadership style. You, yes. Yeah.
1: What has that been like for you since you've become president? Do you find it different being like, obviously it's going to be more work because now you're (laughs) like the leader of all churches in Alberta.
0: Well, I I found that uh, our team in the office is just an amazing team and dedicated Christian people that are eager to advance the cause of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so it's a pleasure to work with a team like that. You know, we have nearly... Nearly 30 people. When you take all of the office employees in Treasury, is quite a few, and I don't work as directly with Treasury, right. but um, I, w- I work with the departmental directors, with our with our HR director. I work with, um, uh, of course, our executive secretary and our treasurer, and it's it's just a pleasure. I mean, my. My assistant uh, Debbie, she mm-hmm. has been in that role for quite a few years, and she knows yeah. what needs to happen. Yeah. In fact, the former president told me, "Just do what Debbie tells you to do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that—that's kind of sometimes the case when you have a really good secretary. Yeah, you know, like what are some challenges that you face? Because I, I can imagine that um, this is not your first time being a. Uh, presidential leadership role. So
0: it's my first time as president. I was uh, executive secretary in Mansask for okay, five years right. before Sergeant coming to mm-hmm. College Heights Church. So, so I was in the office five years, then back in pastoral ministry six years, mm-hmm. and now back in the office. And
1: so, so you did kind of have that administrative um, experience, correct? Yeah. So, 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 th- what are some of the challenges that you're finding now being president that is kind of different from when you were like um, in a different role in Mansask?
0: Yeah, I mean, in Mansask, I was in the second chair, okay. and, and leading from the second chair is is a different skill set. Right, you know, you're there in more of a supportive role and supporting uh, mm-hmm. the president, and mm-hmm. and so being in in the role as president now, uh, you, you kind of feel the weight of responsibility a little more. At least mm-hmm. I do, um, and. The Alberta Conference is about three times as large as the Mansass Conference mm-hmm. in terms of membership, and yeah. so the uh, I say it like this: the conveyor belt never stops. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff coming, and mm-hmm. unless you stay on top of it, things start piling up, and then right. it's almost insurmountable. Yeah. And so um, that's one of the things that that uh, I've found that it is it is a demanding role. It's not a role to be coveted. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of new pastors, young pastors say, oh, if I could only be the conference president, you know, (laughs) I say, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's right. But, um, you know, God, God is gracious and he helps us day by day to, you know, to do what is most important that day. Mm -hmm. And I don't get it all done. I never get it all done. Yeah. But you kind of pace yourself and. And you let the Holy Spirit lead and bless, and, and we rely upon the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. do stuff that we cannot do. Yeah, you know, you said that like um, coveting that position.
1: I heard someone said, "Do you know Elon Musk?"
0: Yeah, uh, I know of him. Yeah. You know <laughs> of him well,
1: you not know, personally, but <laughs> there were. Um, the, he made a statement that like, you um, know, there are people like saying that I would love to be Elon Musk, and he was like, y- "You wouldn't want to be me," and and his um, his reasoning for saying that was that. The stuff that I have to go through, I don't have a life. Right. And if you are in my position, I'm, I guarantee you don't want to be the person that I am. So it's kind of the same experience yeah, It's true. In, in, in being the president of the conference. It's a lot more weight than you think.
0: Yeah. I always say this. Uh, in order to go up, yeah. you have to give up. Mm. And so you, you, you give up that personal time, wow. uh, you know, and so you really have less and less of a life. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, of uh, the things that you may like to do or want to do or used to do, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a sacrifice to yeah. serve at this level. But it, it's a pleasure, but it is literally a sacrifice. sacrifice.
1: Yeah. So how has that affected your personal life and, your, and like your family life? I know you, you like camping and I want to talk about that, but, <laughs> but, but l- 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 let's talk about your personal life. How has this shift affected that
0: or has it? it certainly has um Mm -hmm. i i have less time for walking with my Mm -hmm. wife i used to walk her to school each day she's a teacher and Mm -hmm. uh and now we don't have that time because i'm in the office at eight i I used to uh, be able to start my mornings a little later but now worship with the folk at the conference offices eight o'clock and so i don't have time to walk with nancy uh friday we don't work on fridays and so we generally go for a walk friday uh quite often if i don't have meetings or i'm not out of town we'll walk on sunday and Mm -hmm. sometimes on sabbath so weekends become more prime time Mm -hmm. uh today my day started in the office at 8 it will end at 9 p.m so i have 13 hours i will not see my wife during that time and when Mm -hmm. i get home tonight I need to begin getting ready for bed. so uh, there is less contact time yeah. with my dear wife than I used to than have
1: used to have. Wow. So it's definitely a sacrifice. Yeah
0: and, and, and it's not only a sacrifice for me, it's a sacrifice for her too. Yeah. And uh, you know that's a good point. She, she is such a supportive person yeah. and uh, without that, I could never do it. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy you
1: brought that point. Because on uh, the point of ministry and mm-hmm. and especially to younger pastors and it, uh, in relation to family. What what advice, seeing that you've you've gone through the realms of being a young pastor yourself, you've pastored in various capacity, you've served as um, vice president, uh, you've served as lead pastor, I won't say senior, <laughs> and now you're serving as president. What advice would you give to someone young? Like myself, who is coming into ministry, who have a family, who have kids, what advice would you give me in relation to my family and my wife to make sure they don't feel neglected? Yeah,
0: well, boundaries are vital, yeah. and so uh, I would say that family time—you need to book that and mm-hmm. put it in your phone in your calendar. And if somebody says, "Could you do this?" you look in your phone. I'm sorry, I have an appointment. Yeah, I have a commitment at that time. Right, and and say it unabashedly. I have a commitment. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. uh, you got to keep family first and keep those uh, those priorities set. And and uh, as you as you grow and journey in ministry, uh, you know there will be more demanding roles right. later on. But by then, probably your kids will be grown, will be away from home, and yeah. so um, you know as life changes, your role will change. Right? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but, but but you definitely recommend setting boundaries and prioritizing family time. Absolutely, that's important. Yeah, you must. Yeah, um, i I'm, I want to go through a few more questions, but I want to talk to you. I'm gonna shift just a little bit about about your personal life and things that you like to do. I love the idea that you like to camp, <laughs> <laughs> your nature. I remember at times I would go through your Facebook. And look at the beautiful places that you go. And I'm like, man, I need to connect with um, Dr. Poss a little bit so we can camp together. Because I love camping. Good. Right? And one of the things that I've been trying to do is snow camping. Have you done snow camping? A little. Like like intense? Oh, have? yeah.
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Up, uh, up on a mountainside with snow two or yeah. three feet deep. And yeah. How do you keep warm? Well, <laughs> sometimes you don't, <laughs> but uh, there's interest. If you dig a little well, like mm-hmm. a, a few feet deep in front of your tent, that's like a cold well. And so the cold yeah. air goes down mm-hmm. and that keeps it slightly warmer in the tent. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to have appropriate clothing and appropriate sleeping bag. Yeah. Uh, you know, without that, you're hooped.
1: Yeah. I was watching this um this youtube channel it's called the outdoor boy youtube channel mm-hmm. and there's this guy that he gives these b- good camping survival advice and um one of the way that i see them camping in the winter is that he um they would have like these inflatable tents you do you know inflatable tents
0: i've never used one the no. ones that
1: you pump up right mm-hmm. but then they would have these stoves inside them oh yeah yeah and then the stove would keep inside the tent warm and um
0: you can do that if you're out in flat country, but if you're climbing a mountain, you yeah. won't you won't be packing the <laughs> That's stove with too much with stuff. You. That's yeah. Too
1: much stuff. How has that like helped you, like say in ministry? Because what I think we don't talk about a lot is the importance of taking personal time of doing recreational things, especially when you're in stressful position. How has that helped you in some of the most stressful times of your life in
0: ministry? By it just being able to go out, it has saved my life, mm. uh, literally. Yes, um, I. I, I used to, when I was in Winnipeg, I used to run marathons. And so running, uh, training for running marathons, uh, was time to, to just mentally, uh, relax yes. and, and just the physical activity. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it really, uh, de-stresses me. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I, find that today I can't run marathons because of injuries, but mm-hmm. I, I can hike in the mountains and, um, I love to do that. We, we'll go out at least a couple times a month to do, um, a day trip. And usually I have a couple times a year where I'll go on a multi-day trip, mm-hmm. um, where I'm backpacking and tenting. Uh, my wife and I generally will plan one of those trips each year. And then I have a group of men that I go out with in the spring. Yeah. Um, but those, I, I say it, it's kind of uh, a cliche, but but those times they feed my soul. Yeah, to be out in nature, mm-hmm. surrounded by the reminders constantly that God made all this. Wow, and the beauty, and uh, just the constant uh, reminders, the little object lessons that you learn from nature. Um, that is what keeps me sane.
1: Mm, that's yeah. good. That's good. How do you nurture your own spiritual growth and well-being in the midst of your leadership responsibility? Because that can be challenging because you're feeding everyone, right? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like the responsibility that everyone is expecting from you because you're you're a leader, right? Yeah. But how do you nurture your own spiritual life and well-being?
0: Well, scripture and prayer, you yeah. know, that's, that's the foundation. I also uh, value... Uh, Christian music. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm traveling, many times I'm listening to music. In fact, I uh, my tendency, I listen to music more than I listen to podcasts. Oh, really? W- in my travel time. What kind of music do you like? Uh, I, my preference is contemporary Christian music. Okay. And uh, and that, um, I, I just find it keeps my faith fresh mm-hmm. when, I, when I'm driving and I'm thinking about the lyrics and kind of like, oh man, I didn't think of that before. You yeah, know? And yeah. so it, it th- those things really help keep my relationship with right. jesus fresh mm-hmm. and and it um you know when i when i'm traveling and there's uh generally uh, i will have have uh each month a time or two when i am traveling to out of province and mm-hmm. and so when i'm flying um you know you got time to to read that i don't have um maybe from day to day and so so there are pockets of time and uh when i'm when i'm on those trips i try to make use of of those blocks of travel time
1: too so So, so do you travel a lot with this deposition
0: you know it it fluctuates from month to month Mm. um i i may go a month or two without a trip Right. And then I'll have two or three trips in one month. Oh, wow! And uh, and I'm also recording some shows for Hope Channel Canada, mm-hmm. uh, called the Great Outdoors. So this is kind oh, of based cool. on my passion. So we mm-hmm. get out into nature. Yeah. And uh, we talk about Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I, I was away the weekend before last. We left on Sunday and went to British Columbia and we're in the mountains for Mm -hmm. two days recording shows. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so there's times locally when you're away like that, but, uh, there's meetings in Oshawa or at the North American division down in Columbia, Maryland, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, the North American division has, um, it has a retreat for conference presidents and their spouses. Um, every year in February Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and there's actually a second one in April in in not April in August Mm -hmm. Uh, and so these are times when um you know we can really come apart as Jesus said and rest Mm -hmm. a while and be fed spiritually and rest physically and and so there are things like this that help as well
1: Yeah, yeah that's good that's good um let's move on to the conference a little bit um what are the key priorities and goals for the conference in this coming year?
0: So we are currently in the process of looking uh, at yeah, the next five years, right? And so we're we're kind of focused on that right now. Um, I'm working with twenty departmental directors and volunteer volunteer ministry coordinators. Uh, so we have about ten of each. So departmental directors are are full time. Uh, focused on their department whether whether that is personal ministries in sabbath mm-hmm. school whether that is ministerial mm-hmm. you know or camp director summer camp youth ministries we have 10 full time but we have 10 we call them volunteer ministry coordinators mm-hmm. that are already uh, working a full time job and this is kind of over and above right and so with those, with those uh, 20 individuals, we're in a process right now. I've told them uh, a few days ago, I said, in 10 days I need to know what your goals and strategies are mm-hmm. for the next five years. Mm. And so they're just uh, trickling in right now, and I've been in contact, dialoguing with them as well because I know that's a fairly short time frame. Right. But we have our, our XCOM, our, our Conference Board of Directors, meeting mm-hmm. in January, and I want to present to them the plan. Not only what the goals are, but what the action plans will be to help reach those goals right. when we meet uh, January 21. Now, uh, we have some overarching goals that we're developing mm-hmm. for the conference for example church planting goals right right now we're we're talking about uh, over the next uh, 5 years that we need to plant at least 20 new churches yeah um, that number could shift a bit but we we need to have an aggressive yes. church planting goal mm-hmm, that's one mm-hmm. of the foundations of of evangelism uh, we're also uh, looking at a baptismal goal. Right. I don't know that we've had a baptismal goal recently mm-hmm. in the Alberta conference, but uh, the goal that I am putting out there mm-hmm. hasn't been confirmed, hasn't been voted by XCOM yet, um, is in the next five years to baptize 3,000 people. Oh, wow. And that's... Yeah. that's uh, I call it the, the, the day of Pentecost number. You know, they baptized 3000 <laughs> yeah, people yeah. on the day of Pentecost and mm-hmm. God can do that in one day in Jerusalem. Amen. He mm-hmm. can do it in five That's years right. That's in, right. in, in Alberta. Yeah, in Alberta. Um, but we, we also have some huge goals around youth and young adults. Yeah. And uh, the, the youth and young adult uh, population in our church has been hurting right. for a long time. And mm-hmm. we, you know, people talk about uh, the hemorrhaging and how the hemorrhaging must stop, and and we're committed by God's grace that it will stop here in Alberta. Yes, and so we're making that a priority. Uh, the previous administration, um, you know, they they had a time where they had to make some cuts to save budget. Right, and uh, we had uh, gotten to the place where there was just one person in youth ministry our youth director is just one solo person right and uh, moving forward here we will have three and so we'll have our our youth and adult director mm-hmm. our associate director will also be the summer camp uh director right and then our
1: as well as the um assistant youth director
0: yes right and uh, and then there's the club ministries so adventures, pathfinders master mm-hmm. guides and so So those three individuals will be working together. Uh, And I know that uh, Pastor Rob, who is our new youth director, he starts here in a few weeks, and he is eager to roll out some goals relative to youth and young adults. And um, we've had some initial conversations about uh, starting a new church in Edmonton that would be focused on reclaiming. Youth and young youth, adults that yeah. have left the church, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't we haven't got anyone in mind yet for Calgary, but I think that would be an important step, step too. As well, yeah. But not not just uh, creating those communities that are safe places for youth and young adults, but but. Um, Really engaging youth and young adults in ministry in mm-hmm. evangelism, we believe mm-hmm. that that it can't be a spectator situation. We we must have our youth and mm-hmm. young adults fully committed to Jesus and to reaching other people, leading them to Christ in the church. And mm-hmm. so, um, so youth and young adults. We have three priorities. One of which is youth and young adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, revival is key. Yes. We 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 must be getting deeper in our walk with Jesus. Right. And mm-hmm. so revival, and the third one is evangelism. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. That's one. Of, that's one other thing that um, Pastor Ted Wilson said to in his speech: revival and reformation is one of the main things we, we, we need. And that is true because you know, with a rev- revival and reformation, how can we go out there and spread? Yeah, spread the message.
0: We we need the Holy Spirit to move powerfully, mm-hmm. and uh, we we will never accomplish what God has called us to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the early church, uh, someone said years ago that the early church, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the early church, mm-hmm. 90% of what was happening would have stopped mm-hmm. and everybody would have known. Wow. Whereas today in the church, if the Holy Spirit were to be withdrawn, they said 90% of what we're doing <laughs> would continue right on and no one Nobody would know the difference. Yeah. Wow. And so that's an indictment. Yeah. We, we have come mm-hmm. to rely on our own efforts mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we we need to place uh, our dependence on God and the moving of the Holy Spirit and yeah. so that you know we're, we we want to go home yeah
1: yeah you know? yeah you know it's interesting um it, especially in relation to to young people and to see the things that um the world is offering like there's so much out there that is distracting that that the world is offering to them that apparently seems more attractive and that's put and that's. And, and it's pulling them away from Jesus. And so it, it's good to see we have um, a strategy and a goal that is specifically focusing on ministering to young people. Well I tell church.
0: you I, t- I tell you what um, there's a lot of things that we don't know yeah, but it is a priority yeah and will continue to be one of our three main priorities mm-hmm. here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And we will learn as God teaches us uh, because we must win this battle.
1: Amen. Are there any external focuses in some of the conference? So, so we talked a little bit about, and I'm assuming that some of these are are mostly internal, but also external as well. But as it relates to evangelism, well, that's probably one. Like, so what are some of the um, plans or programs and stuff like that that um, your team is considering as it relates to reaching, you know, just the community of Alberta and all?
0: Right. So. Social engagement, uh, community engagement, obviously will will be an active part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we one thing we know is that uh, uh, young adults um, they must see a church that is concerned for people who are hurting and mm-hmm. and so um, you know helping people in our community is part of it. But beyond that, it, 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 it's about developing relationships. Right. Uh, primarily, we're, we're not looking necessarily to reinvent the wheel where we've got, uh, groups in the community that are doing good work. We like to partner. Right. With them. And, and to, in so doing, mm-hmm. form those relationships. Right. That will over time allow us to be involved in, in, uh, you know, being an ongoing witness. Mm-hmm. You know what, what, what what does life look like when Jesus is at the center? And uh, I'll, I'll say this: that our our um, proposed vision statement, mm-hmm. and XCOM will see this next month, is to live and love like Jesus. Amen. And so, I like that. so when when we're in relationship with others, and we're not trying to stuff the gospel down their throat, but, yes. but you know, living and as God opens. Opportunities, you know, just loving people yeah. and and uh, when there's a chance to share a word in season, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. But um, those ongoing relationships are vital. Yeah. Uh, but if we're not making a difference in the community, people will not come to evangelistic That's right. meetings. They won't. And so we, you know, we're, we're eager to see our people. Uh, Getting close to their neighbors, yeah, being being friends with their neighbors, inviting them to their home for a meal, and just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the, those kinds of simple things exactly are exactly. so vital. Yeah, and and uh, you know we believe that that will open many doors. Yeah, yeah.
1: are there any specific organization within Alberta that the, that the conference is currently working with? It could be humanitarian, um, social organizations, stuff like those that you could that you could say.
0: You know, right now, um, I can't even name one. Yeah. That uh, that we are partnering with, and I mean, and do there, you plan to partner with those kind of organizations? Uh, we we are looking uh, primarily at the local church level. The local church that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. And so yeah. the conference office may not have a relationship, but um, of course, many of our local churches they are working with uh, with food banks and mm-hmm. with. Uh, I, you know, individual church members are connecting with uh, with shelters and, yeah, and, and kitchen, it, you know right. th- it's these the kinds windows, of things. Yeah. So th- those things are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of uh, Adra Canada, Adra Canada, is, I was going to
1: bring that up as well. Yeah. yeah
0: ADRA Canada has made a change in how the national program is going forward here. And they will actually, we're we're test piling it in three conferences across Canada where there will be a full-time ADRA coordinator for the conference. And the the salary budget is split half between the conference and half between ADRA Canada. Mm -hmm. And so starting in January, we will have a full-time ADRA director here in Alberta. In Alberta, hmm. which will enable us then to uh, you know, initiate a number of new projects. Yeah. Uh, in the past, I think the national program has been fairly passive. Mm-hmm. If a church wants to do something, you can submit a proposal and receive funding. But uh, with this new add director, we, we will be able actually to initiate new projects. Right. And perhaps pull some churches together in the larger cities to say, can we collaborate on, um, you know, a project, and perhaps partner with other agencies that are doing similar work. So mm-hmm.
1: that's great. I'm gonna go to, to a few more questions that I have here. Um, so, how does the the conference, as far as you can tell, addresses um, challenges and changes in the culture and religious landscape? For example, what's happening? There's a lot of stuff that's happening in our in our in our world today, as it relates to culture, as it relates to to war and stuff like that. Yeah. How does how how do you, how does the conference? I know it's a hard question, but how does the conference address those things?
0: Well, what what we see in the world today is is of course a real rise in nationalism, mm. and th- these are things that are. F- fueling the sentiments of nationalism it's like our neighbors the south make america great again you know the focus is on the nation and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really care about the rest of the world and and so we when they established the united nations back Mm in 1948 after world war ii um the theme was never again right never again we will never again go down this path but we're seeing it happen wow. again mm-hmm. in our time uh, you know we've always said on remembrance day you know lest we forget but the reality is we've pretty we much forgotten, forgotten. Mm-hmm. and so um we we live in a day and age when the united states for example uh, this is not a secret, but the United States military is preparing for large-scale combat operations. Mm-hmm. They are preparing for what um, they believe will be the greatest number of casualties they have ever seen before, wow. and and so this this is the context in which we are living now. There there are strains and stresses between countries that we have not seen in a long time. And what this does, it, it, it creates an opportunity for the church yeah. to really minister to people. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, we will have opportunities in times of turmoil to really bless others as we care for them and help them in very practical ways. Yeah. Um, and so these are, these are times that, that we have not seen for man, you know, 80 years. Yeah. But uh, we've also been told that what we fail to do in times of peace, you know, we, time of war. we will. And so, the, the best days of the church are just ahead. Yeah. But it, these will be tumultuous times. Yeah.
1: yeah. I've I've been seeing so many um, videos on YouTube about prophecy and about um, how, say, for for example, the events that's happening in Israel and those places is really the prophecy. Um, from your experience as it relates to um, prophecy, if you could tell, how much of what's happening now is in direct relationship to prophecy?
0: Well, let me share with you a concern I have. I, I have people that will read the newspaper. mm mm-hmm and then look for it in the Bible. <laughs> and I think that's backwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, we need to read the scriptures. Right. And Jesus said it this way. He said, uh, you know, you will understand this after it comes to pass. Right. And many times we try to understand Bible prophecy in advance. We don't get it right. But when it happens, we say, that's it. Yeah. You know, and so um, the key purpose of Bible prophecy is not so much to be predictive Mm. As it is to reassure our faith that mm. God is still in control. Amen. I you, like that. You know, and mm-hmm. so um, I, I, I get nervous. When people look at current events and say, "Oh, this is a fulfillment of," you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it may be, it may be. Yeah. But uh, many times, they're reading the current events and then trying to look for something in the Bible, and it's it's a little bit strained. It's yeah. not. It's not there.
1: Yeah, one one of the ways that I, I I tend to 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 visualize um, what's happening is Matthew twenty four. Mm-hmm. You know, because some of some of the very specific things that Jesus said in it, that like you know, nations will rise rise against nations, yeah. kingdoms against kingdoms, there'll be wars, and that and, wars. and
0: that we're seeing very clearly. That's very
1: clear, yeah. you know. And um, I normally say, well, these are just the beginning. Like if we're following Jesus's exact words, that these are just the beginning of of, of sorrows. Mm-hmm. So that means there's yeah. worse yet to come.
0: Yeah, and and uh, that word sorrows actually is talking about birth pains. Right. And uh, we know that with birth pains, they get uh, more and more intense uh, as they build towards the birth birth of the baby, baby, and they become more and more frequent. And so, the increase in intensity and frequency, Mm -hmm. we are seeing that exactly. And and, and so, in broad strokes, Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing these prophecies. Now, it's the little, it's the little detailed things like. If uh, if Putin should be assassinated, and you're trying to find a prophecy about that, you know you're uh, not good. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. But in broad strokes, we we are seeing exactly uh, exactly what Jesus said would happen.
1: Exactly, and and men's heart fearing them for fear of what is about to come up on the earth. Right. Yeah, because people are uncertain, like what what's going on with yeah. with this world. Um, another another question on the on, on the conference. Are they? Are can you can you provide any information on any upcoming conferences, events, or resources available for the congregation? So, in terms, I mean like training, and in terms of evangelism, because you met, you mentioned that one of the goals for this year, uh, for the coming year, is going to be evangelism. So. Are there going to be any um, trainings and stuff available for just regular people who wants to be a part of that?
0: Yes, absolutely. We, yeah. we used to do this before COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we would have um, uh, regular training normally done regionally. So in the Edmonton area, or the north area, mm-hmm. and then the central area, and then the south. And we will be reinstituting that. So right. we will have three major training events. That's good. Uh, throughout each year mm-hmm. um, I was just today uh, spending an hour working with our church planting coordinator and so mm-hmm. we, we have uh, uh, events that we're working on for uh, people that would like to be a part of church plants and right. and some of them we will outsource we will take uh, people to events like church plant boot camp in Florida or or you know there's there are interdenominational events on church planting as well. One of them is called exponential. And so, mm-hmm. so our church planting coordinator is saying, let me take some of the people who really want to get into this and, and let them catch the vision, get some of the tools, the training mm-hmm. and kind of just get this uh, revitalized because in, in the last several years over COVID and whatnot, church planting has really not been a front burner thing, and, yeah, yeah. and we need it to be a front burner thing. Yeah, and yeah. so, so we are we're working we with with each of these twenty individuals, our departmental directors and ministry coordinators. Uh, each one of them will have their own training events, That's good. and we'll be working with the the local person in each church. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the challenges involved the fact that. That some churches don't have someone, for example, that that is the men's ministry leader. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, one of the first things is to move men's ministry. We need to get a, a local leader in each church, right? And right. Uh, and be able to work with those. So we're 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 picking up the pieces after COVID. Yeah. And uh, it it will take us a little time mm-hmm. to rebuild that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But by God's grace, um, we, we are eager to see every member engaged in ministry, and we will help to see that they are trained and equipped and empowered. Amen. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I'm looking forward to that. And I'm sure you're going to have some from of initiative that allow people to know how and when and where they can access this strength. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, th-
0: these will be big events. The, the three core events right. will be, uh, say, one in Edmonton, one in central Alberta, one in Calgary. And so these will be events where we will have all of our departmental directors present. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a big Sabbath. It'll be a great celebration Mm -hmm. event. And then we can do some training Sabbath afternoon. Some of it will be better if we do it on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. But, But these will be big weekends, big, you know, yeah. Uh, everybody will know about these. That's right.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Then, then uh, we, we will also have our,
0: our departmental directors visiting the churches, the local churches, and mm-hmm. they'll preach Sabbath morning, and then in the afternoon they'll be doing some local training events, and that will happen. Uh, I'm asking each, each departmental director to do two or three of those a month, and yeah. so that's my schedule. I get into uh, uh, the churches two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. If I'm here, it's three times a month. And so one Sabbath a month, Nancy and I take off just uh, just to try and and rest and recharge. But the other sa- the other Sabbaths, we are in a different church every Sabbath, That's and great. we have currently eighty five churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take us a little over two years to get around all yes. of them, but we will, we will get in every. You'll church. get in yeah. Eighty five. Oh, how many members? Uh currently almost thir- thirteen thousand, just oh, shy wow. of thirteen thousand. That's a lot. And. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's the second largest conference in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, B.C. is not far behind us, and mm-hmm. Quebec is not far behind B.C., but uh, Ontario is way it's ahead. Way yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, so the show t- is that, that I'm doing is called Amidst the Odds, and as the name suggests, it's, it's talking about the stories Amidst the Odds. And fundamentally, Amidst the Odds is the cross. It's yes. like the logo. That, that's, that's what the logo. I love the train. logo, by yeah. the way. Yeah. and It's the cross that's Amidst the Odds. But everyone has a story. Amidst suffering, Amidst pain, Amidst the stuff that could take you out in life, mm-hmm. there's a story. What
0: is your Amidst the Odds story? Well, my... My, amidst the odd story, really goes back to my conversion. Mm. I, by the time I was 17, was a full-blown alcoholic. Mm. And I started drinking when I was 14. And by the time I was 17, I was way out of control. I um, couldn't just drink socially. I always had to drink to get drunk. Uh, my friends um said you know you need to get over this because uh some people can handle it and it's obvious that you can't and uh and i tried and tried and tried Mm. uh to get off of alcohol and i couldn't it had me in its grip
1: yeah
0: and when i uh was introduced by my girlfriend to Jesus Christ. She shared with me a copy of the book, Desire of Ages. Mm-hmm. And she said, I encourage you every morning to read the Bible passage, first of all, that this chapter is based on, and then read read the chapter in Desire of Ages. And so that became my morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, read the Bible passage, read the chapter in Desire of Ages, and then pray about what I had learned. And I was developing a devotional life, and I was falling in love with Jesus. Um, My goal was to get to know him, but what I didn't realize is that he was changing my life. Mm. And I'll never forget the day I walked into school. I was was the male co-president of our high school, 1,200 students, and we had a system where there would be a male and female uh, working together yeah. as co-presidents. And so I was pretty high profile in student council. And one of the other guys of student council, as I walked into school one morning, he said, what has happened to you? I said, what do you mean? Nothing has happened. He says, oh, yes. He says, you're different. Mm. I said, I'm not different. He said, you are different. And I had never realized... That spending time alone with Jesus each day was changing my life. Uh, I wasn't trying to change my life, I was just trying to get to know Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: And the long and short of it is when I knelt by my bed one morning and received Christ as my leader and my forgiver, um, he literally took away my desire to drink. And that was a miracle. Uh, I couldn't quit. I think God knew I couldn't quit. So the only way that you'll ever do this is if I do it for you. I get a little emotional uh, because I, the trajectory of my life was such that I um, I would have ended up either in jail or dead. And amidst the odds, Jesus saved my life, literally. He gave me a life. I I didn't lose a life when I became an Adventist. I got a life. That's my story. Amen. 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 Hi, uh, I'm kind of an emotional guy, and I used to get embarrassed. You know, when yeah. I was preaching, and I would uh, get choked up, and, and I used to get frustrated by that. And no, I, it doesn't right. bother me anymore. I am who I am, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I must say that
1: um, it's not the first time you've shared that. Yeah. And um, because of you and you sharing that, you've made me be more. Um, not scared yeah. about being emotional. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up as well. So, yeah. th- so thank you for your bravery in showing um, vulnerability and emotion that connects with people and that helped me to not be so scared to when yeah. I cry sometimes. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much for coming today. It's a pleasure. And for sharing yeah. your story.
0: You keep on. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And I look forward again to talking to you at some point in the future. All thank right. you. You're welcome. All right.